I'm Deontay Burton, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamadou Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Louis Dort, and I'm down to Dort. What's Dort? I'm not gonna lie, I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shake Gilles Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robinson, and I'm down to dunk. On you. Zero. Five. Down. Two. Dunk. You can find us on The Athletic and wherever else you subscribe to your podcast. I am Luke. Join this morning by Andrew. But I gotta say, I'm just fired up to be here today. Pretty cool. Pretty damn cool. Woo! <laughs> Slam through. Taylor. Hey, guys. What concert costs just 45 cents? 50 cent featuring Nickelback. Never made it as a wise man. <laughs> Could cut it as a poor man stealing. Tired of living like a blind man. I'm sick of sight. Slam through. And Jay. <laughs> it's Jay. That was a good one, man. That whole thing. Wow. I can't wait to re-listen. Wow. Welcome to uh, all those who are joining us via this StreamYard stream on Paris. Is it Periscope, Andrew? Is that Paris, where we are? Periscope. And we're also on YouTube. We've got a listener from oh. Germany. Oh, hey. Hey, what's up, YouTube? It's Chaboy Dateman. We got uh, somebody tuning in from Germany, 2 p.m. in Germany. How's Germany going? Y'all are doing well. It's good to see you. Thanks for being here. There's a lot of people. <laughs> It's it's overwhelming every time that it, people are joining us here. It is 6.56 in the morning, and we are just waking up. And so somebody said, uh, Lurch underscore said, hi, dads. So for three of hey, us, hello, maybe dads. Luke, we just don't know. We all hello, Ed, hello, Edmund dads. <laughs> you can find us on The Athletic and anywhere else you subscribe to your podcast. And right now you can go to theathletic.com backslash down to dunk and get The Athletic for $1 a month. Andrew, what kind of content are we going to get for $1 a month? You get, I mean, if you're if you're in an NFL fan, we've got great NFL coverage. If you're obviously a basketball fan, we've got all the basketball coverage. Also, if you're into soccer, if you're into the Premier League, it's literally the best coverage in the world. So I mean, football, man. That's right. So check it out. Also, you can listen to these, these podcasts ad-free on the Athletic app if you don't like ads. So check it out. Oh, if you like a proper game of football. <laughs> okay. We got somebody from Melbourne tuning in as well. Welcome. I know it's awesome. Stream. Uh, so we've got some stuff going on in the NBA. Guys. I, here's the hard part about it. I, I don't want to. I can't get away from this. Jay. These are all of the places I want to be right now. Yeah, I'd love to be in Australia. I'd love to be in Germany. Yeah, I don't think we, I don't think uh, you are allowed there. Yeah. No, you, you are officially not allowed. Just Americans are not allowed in other parts of the world right now. Angelo <laughs> asked the question. If we can move anywhere, where will we move? And those two places mm-hmm. are pretty high up there. Yeah. I was thinking about Spain this morning. I mean, I guess I'd say Tulsa, but I don't know. <laughs> New Zealand's pretty high on my list. 
New Zealand may be number one. <laughs> oh, dang. Who's talk is on the moon? Damn, son. <laughs> That's sick, man. Hey, listen, there is a lot of NBA stuff going on. Number one is, is game one of the finals in which the Heat physically fell apart. Yeah. The Lakers gladly dominated the game. Um, I do want to just take some time and get kind of you all's thoughts on, on what's going on with that series after game one and um, how concerned or terrified should Heat fans be? Um, and then how insufferable are Lakers fans about to be? So what do you guys think? Taylor, what do you think about that series so far? Game one. Well, that game one was frustrating. I mean, I was really excited to watch this. And the Heat seemed to be um, promising an exciting series there in the first <laughs> quarter or so. Mm-hmm. But then Drogic getting hurt and Bam getting hurt was just such a dud. And then the Lakers just took over anyway. And it was boring by like the start of the second half. So I don't, I don't know what the Heat are going to do, man. I was thinking about like what their rotation minutes are going to be now. Because if Bam's out and Goron's out, is that a lot more of Olenek and a lot more Kendrick Nunn? Like, who's their bi- – they don't have bigs. They have Myers Leonard. They're going to have to dust off Myers Leonard. That's awful. Yeah. And that's where you want to be in the NBA Finals. Yeah. It's real dependent on Kelly Olenek and Myers Leonard. He had really yeah, settled that, into his role your- of just flexing on the uh, on the sidelines at, at everything that happened. But – Ugh. It's a uh, it's a shame. It really is because Bam. I mean, the way that Bam dominated the end of that game six for the for the Heat against yeah. the Celtics was just unreal. I mean, he's bringing the ball up the court. I mean, it reminded me a little bit of like KG back in the day, how KG would just organize everything for the Timberwolves, bring the ball up the court. And I remember watching him in the West Finals. I'm like, that's their big guy. <laughs> Bam was doing the same thing. I mean, poor Daniel Tice. He just like stared down Daniel Tice and just destroyed him, just like possession yeah. after possession. And for him to be hobbled is, I mean, he was the best player in that Celtics series. I mean, there's just there's just no doubt. And I just, it's it's just a bummer because I thought it was, I thought this was going to be the best team that the Lakers have faced so far. And it, sh- it should be, but Dragic has been their most important offensive player all all playoffs and Bam has been their best player. And I think Jimmy is their most important all around player, but Jimmy's even rolled his ankle. Like he rolled his ankle hard in that game. Yeah. And so it seems, it seems like it's kind of a repeat of last year where you had guys just going out like crazy for the warriors, um, which is just a bummer. Cause you want this to be the, the, the peak of basketball, but it's, it, I would, I would guess I mean, I'd be even a little bit surprised if the Heat got one game out of all of this, if Dragic is out and if Bam can't go. I mean, I'd be surprised if they got one. I mean, think about, so they went up 2-0 against the Celtics, right? Both of those games, Goron was just doing whatever he wanted to do. What He, he scored about 25 points in both games. Yeah, and then it wasn't until game three that Goron started missing everything that the Celtics won. So you're right. It's crazy that Goron is at 30, 35, I think, is their best offensive player. And the guy who gets everything going, even for Jimmy, it gets everything going. And uh, yeah, it just sucks. I mean, to have your number two and three players out, you're not going to win. One and three. One and three? Would you say Bam is number one? Yeah, absolutely. He's been better than Jimmy. 
It's such a I bummer. That, that KG that KG comp is really good, Andrew. Like I love. Yeah. Uh, that's the most I've probably he's he's got he's uh, wider than KG is, mm-hmm. but as far as what he brings to the game, very very similar. What were you gonna say, Luke? Sorry, man. It's such a bummer that like all this finals ends with if it ends in a sweep like we've had all these really good series and that the end just like wah, wah, the yeah Lakers. i know well I, I get that um i think we're gonna look back this lakers team I, it's hard for me because it's everything for lebron james is an evaluation of him comparatively to generational greats mm-hmm. And so looking at this Lakers team and what they've done in this playoffs, because it's easy to forget that like they were very underwhelming in the playing games. A lot of question marks, whether Avery Bradley was going to, they, they brought in J.R. Smith and Deion Waiters. Those guys don't even touch the floor. Like, but when they, when they've got things clicking, I mean, they could finish this entire playoff run with a total of three losses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're impressive. First- that first round, they look like I was like, I don't know, is this yeah. even a very good team? Like besides LeBron and AD, they didn't look very good. And then second round, they started to pick up. You got a lot more Alex Caruso. And then the third round, the Western Conference Finals, they just look like okay, there, no one's going to beat them. Yeah, I mean, you remember they lost, they lost, didn't they lose Game One to Portland? Did they? Yes, yeah. they did. They did lose. Yeah, game they lost one. game one to, to Portland and in to, Houston. And that was that was eighty five years ago. Yeah, and yeah. Houston, and that they were like their warm up games. They were yeah trying to evaluate, but yeah, they're very good. Turns out having two of like the top five best players in the league is pretty helpful to winning a title. Right. So, hmm. well, congrats, congrats to them. Hats off to him. The other thing, there is some other big news yesterday. I can't remember who it was. Is if it was uh, Woj or Shams, we'll just give credit to Shams because he's part of the athletic. Uh, broke that Doc Rivers quickly moved on from the Clippers to the Philadelphia 76ers. And so at E Hoffman 4020 has a question with Doc Rivers in Philly now. Does this rule out a CP3 trade to Philly in a direct two-team deal? And so I'd love to get you all's thoughts on um, Doc going to the Sixers, which changes D'Antoni's ultimate destination. Uh, And then I'd love to see what you think about Doc and Chris Paul being united there, if you think that ship has sailed because of Doc Rivers and Chris Paul's relationship. What do you think, Taylor? What do you think, Andrew? <laughs> yeah, right, come to me. Come to me. Come to me. <laughs> Go to Elman. Yeah, I, I think it does determine that some. I think a deal to get Chris to Philly was going to be difficult, anyways, because I don't know, like, what kind of assets are they willing to give up for Chris? Uh, is definitely a question because they're trying to build a title contender, and so. Do they have the goods? Do they have what the Thunder want anyways? And so I kind of, I question that a little bit to begin with. And then the doc stuff, it does kind of muddy the water some. So to me, they were never like the destination. He always made sense for them, certainly, but does it make sense for the Thunder? Because if they're offering up Tobias Harris, I'd just say that there's just nope. no way that I would do that deal. Uh, even Horford, like Horford's like, he's a nice player. And 
I don't know that you want to bring back like good players uh, in the end for for Chris. And so, I, yeah, I think Horford does give you the ability to still not be very good. And because of the length of his contract, he would be the easier of the two to probably move on. Although his age does work against it comparatively age, to Tobias. Yeah, and his he's got is the last year of his deal is partially guaranteed, which helps. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I don't know how much it affects that. I also think like D'Antoni. I've I've always heard the Pacers is his landing spot. It, I that Philly is not really it, but that it's, yeah. It's a pick. I think, and and I don't know, he could be fun. And now, surely, if you're Victor Oladipo and Miles Turner, you're thinking about leaving Indiana. Like, I would get quite a bit excited if D'Antoni was coming to run my team. Yeah. I think, I think they should. Um, I think, I think that Indiana has, I think Miles Turner would be a piece that would get. I mean, I don't know. Tell me, like, this. I'm switching gears a little bit from Doc, but if you didn't pay attention this week, Victor Oladipo and Miles Turner both are saying that they want out of Indiana, or there's rumors that they want out of Indiana uh, this summer or this fall, this winter. I don't know, whatever. So, I mean, so the the like actual, like, so Jared Weiss just wrote a piece about the Celtics, and there's been lots of, like, talk about Vic wanting out of of Indiana like all season and like trying to eventually push himself to Miami has been like has been his goal and he hasn't so I don't know that he'll ever get to Miami I think it's going to be too difficult um, for them to work their cap and do like they really want to spend all that money on a hobbled Victor Oladipo who we haven't seen play good basketball in a long time Um, I don't know the answer to that but then the Miles Turner stuff is, is just like strictly it feels like the Pacers have been wanting to move on from him for a while. Not that he has requested a trade, but that they have Sabonis and they would like to spread out their rotation a little bit because they know they're both centers. And so that's really more so what that is and not like a trade request from Turner. Yeah. And the Victor Oladipo thing, like he just doesn't have any leverage anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know what happened in Indiana for him to feel so, ready to move on like it's just not a good look man i, I don't know and, and maybe it's a different era than it has been in the past but you don't want to be the guy that's going to be now from orlando oklahoma city indiana to the fourth team in the first what seven years of your career like that's not a good look yeah it's not a good look it's going to happen i think i think they'll i think they'll figure out a way to get him somewhere else because he's on an expiring deal i don't know that they want to pay him like, yeah, do they want that is to give a great question. The next contract that he gets, the Nets kind of makes sense, right? Yeah, some. Except for Katie, already had his opportunity to play with Vic and said, "See ya." Well, and since technically Kevin Durant is now the coach, or Kyrie's the coach, or really anybody can coach. Anybody can be the coach. I mean, Jay, you? Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, I'll coach. L man, step up. Just step up when it's when it's your time to coach. You coach. This does take us to the L-Man's online deep dive. That's right. If you missed the article. I don't have the drop yet. I'm trying to figure it out. If you missed the article yesterday, the... I wouldn't even Kyrie, article Kyrie, Kyrie, post. Yeah, go ahead, man. Basically, about it. Kyrie said that... Um, so they name, they name the head coach. Hey, that's great. They named Steve Nash, right? And um, Kyrie comes out and had something to say about their coaching situation. Said, quote... 
I don't really see us having a quote head coach. KD could be a head coach. I could be a head coach some days. And K and, and so they they have this announcement and he's like, <laughs> I'm not gonna listen to him. No one's gonna listen to him. We're just gonna listen to each other. And all I can think about is this is going to end really badly. This team. They have not played together yet. They haven't done anything together. But they're already just been like, yeah, we're going to fight a lot. We're not going to get along. Did you listen to the pod? Pardon? Did you listen to the pod? I did not. Okay. It's it's the the quotes are like super clickbaity because like their conversation was a lot different than what those quotes want you to think. Well, I just see that ending. I mean, I don't see. Do you see the Nets ending well? I mean, I, I, I really don't. But their that com- that particular conversation was like, yeah, they're like really excited about Steve Nash, and like it's gonna. They were they're like the point of what they were trying to say was like this is gonna be a collaborative effort, like a very Steve Kerr type of situation. We're like, we're going to collaborate. We're going to, we're all going to put our heads together and we're going to, you know, do basketball things. You know, it was, it was more, it was more of that than like, we're not going to listen to him. I've got this, you know, it was the, I, I enjoyed the article more than I did the, uh, the podcast certainly because I like the idea of <laughs> them, like, <laughs> them, you know, saying that like, Steve Nash is important, but it also is just a bad look in the wake of getting a coach fired, you know, whenever, when you talk the way that they did, but it really was more benign. And when you extract, like when you extract the quote, the way that they did, yeah, it looks horrible, but then you go actually listen to the conversation. Like, Oh, like they're just talking about being collaborative. Well, the thing, the other thing is, is that KD, I, you know, we've already had him in a situation where he blames the media for a lot of stuff and he's unhappy to talk to the media. So this is already going to start that with the Nets. I mean, this, if they have any problems, I just feel like they are going to be a very enjoyable team to hate watch. Yeah. I have yeah, well, to, uh, their context, their context created that narrative in the sense of like, you can throw out that snippet and because of what we already have as far right. as preconceived notions of that team, yeah. like it's not far-fetched for that to be a real independent quote that isn't based on context of the rest of the conversation. Like not surprising that Kyrie or Kevin Durant would feel that way. And it's funny to me, it's like, it's going to be just like the Warriors. Well, Kevin Durant tried to torpedo that, Yeah, you know, like he wasn't that, I don't know. I don't know what Kevin Durant wants because I'm pretty positive. He doesn't know what he wants. Obviously he wants to start a podcast, which I can't imagine how insufferable that would be to listen to. Uh, Anyway, it's just like the context of who they are is what makes us all like immediately jump to that quote because like, yeah, that's actually how you all function pretty much everywhere. So Taylor, what were you going to say? Sorry, man. Uh, Well, basically I was going to, reiterate what you were saying, how it's like, you know, I get that the context might be different, but like what you were saying, Jay, based on what we know about them, this is just a setup for them to actually say that independently when 
or if things start imploding or not going the way they want to. Like this is the most optimistic and positive and excited they're going to be. And they're already like, yeah, I mean, like it's going to be fun. Like sometimes Steve isn't going to be the head coach. (laughs) Isn't that great? You know, it's like, I get what you're saying, Andrew, and I'm sure it's out of context, but we know these guys pretty well by now. And like they they're always like this before the season starts. And then two weeks in, they're like, oh, yeah, we need to like throw all of our teammates under the bus. Yeah. I mean, imagine imagine that you get a new boss at your job and you're like, great. Glad you're the new boss. Some days I'm going to be the boss. Yeah. It's like, what? This is the truth, though. Like, that's how like but that's NBA superstars, period. This is Damn. not this is not like a boss. This is not like your boss at work. You don't get to get your boss fired and then choose your next boss. Like that's not something that you get to do. They're not an, they're not an employee. They're I mean a superstar is not even under the coach. I mean we've seen that with the Thunder. We like we've seen like how much Russell Westbrook got to be the head of everything, right? We've seen that. So I mean technically it's not the the coach that gets to even decide anything. Like it's it's I mean it's very transparent of them because it is very much like Kyrie and KD. They chose to come to the Nets, and when they did, they got to have everything. We're seeing it right now with with Paul George and with Kawhi Leonard at the Clippers. They didn't stand up for Doc. Doc gets fired. I'm sure they're going to have a huge say in who's going to be the next coach. Well, it's interesting that like it's the superstars. You're saying they have all the power and they're the head coach doesn't do that much, but <laughs> they sure as hell blame the head coach when the season goes bad. Right. Yeah, I mean, and you know, like that head coach is going to get fired if they go out in the second round. That's for everybody, though. That's that's for the GMs. That's for everybody that like the very first for everybody. If anything messes up, they say, well, that guy was supposed to have the plan. You know, that's, I agree with Hoops Talk sixty nine. It's kind of weird you're sticking up for Katie and Kyrie. I'm just, I'm just. Yeah, man. To... What, what kind of, what's happened to you, man? I mentioned on the text feed that I enjoyed the pre Kevin Durant Warriors <laughs> when they weren't playing the Thunder, and I get just lambasted. <laughs> and you're on here defending Kyrie. You're like, I'm not the least just too defensible. <laughs> I'm just NBA trying to players. make sure that we. I'm just trying to to act like. I, I'm not trying to defend them. I don't think. Uh, oh, okay. That, that I know you're sure. just being a good podcast host. I know, but just, it sounds like you're being a real. No, I'm just trying to actually like bring in their actual com- their conversation yeah. into this. Sounds like it sounds like you think or you suppose that KD might need a producer on his pod, and you're trying to get that's some a, of oh, that's slide, slide into them. KD, uh, let me know. Account mentions. Let me know, Kevin. No, let me know. All Andrew's like deleting all these tweets from th- four years ago. <laughs> I have been. I up no longer will you be able to find the entire Down to Dunk uh, catalog <laughs> yeah, exactly. on any of your podcasts. That's right. Yeah. Especially from the summer of 2016. It's only this pod moving forward. Snake in the grass, Andrew. I'm just, I just actually listen to the podcast. (laughs) And some of this stuff is like Bleacher Report and some of these media outlets just try to create things that people, they know people will click on so they can get advertiser dollars, blah, blah, blah. And this was oh, like, so this is a fake news tirade you're going on. This is one of their this, <laughs> cool. That's the wow. direction. Cool, 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 cool. Right, cool. right. But that's for real. I mean, that's I. It's that's a thing. That's a thing. <laughs> this is thanks, Dale, uh, this Andrew. Is I appreciate you giving us some alternate facts. I I listened to it, Hoops Talk sixty nine because I was trying to prepare for a show that I was going to do today. Like unlike any of you guys, 
So if me preparing for this podcast is listening to Kevin Durant's podcast, then I'll just probably bow out for a yeah, while. How cool? about this? Andrew, cool you can't even hear what I'm saying. We're giving the listeners what they want, man. We know who down to dunk fans are. Hey, uh, what do we do? Taylor. I know Taylor Miller NZ says, can someone bash Andrew in a New Zealand accent, please? Oh man. Here's the thing. Milner. It's Milner actually. Um, I say that. My New Zealand accent is, which I believe now, correct me if I'm wrong. A New Zealand accent is actually a, a cut kind of 50, 50 between Australian and British. It's definitely not as harsh as Australian. So I'll try to do it. New Wellington, New Zealand, New Zealand. It's, uh, Wellington. Uh, I need a sentence. Milner, give me a sentence to say. You're about to get, Andrew, you can't hear us, man, but Andrew's about to get blasted in a New Zealand accent. So just wait for say, it. Buddy. Taylor, say, I'm going to blast you in a New Zealand accent. It's <laughs> a New Zealand accent. Um, okay, Wellington, New Zealand. I'm going to bless you in a New Zealand accent. That sounds too Aussie. That's bless me? Good. I, I'm going to bless you in a New Zealand. I'm going to bless you. Bless I'm going to bless you in a New Zealand accent. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Like, here, okay. Let me get one more word. No, no, no more, done. Andrew. Like, you, you can't Andrew, you just got, from this, I just got blasted. Let me just say blasted. this real quick. I think Kevin and Kyrie are the two biggest idiot superstars that exist in the NBA. Like, they oh, are. Let's be fair, Andrew. They are. <laughs> All right. Screw you guys. <laughs> Don't leave. We can't do this without no, you. No, 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 come back. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> oh, please come back. <laughs> hey, one of the things that did get, uh, we didn't talk about in the Doc Rivers firing and rehiring in Philadelphia is some of the things that have come out. And, and primarily this comes from Ryan Rosillo and Bill Simmons, which is funny. Like at the same time that Andrew said this about Kyrie and Kevin Durant, like, at the same time, Bill Simmons and Ryan Rosillo have historically also been very wrong about things. And so we like to kind of trust the narrative whenever it's kind of a cool narrative. And so, but one of the things that was, uh, that came out after that is that Steve Ballmer was incredibly frustrated at the way the Clippers performed specifically in the sense of like, I spent this much money on a bunch of coaches and coaching staff that didn't listen to this analytics department that I spent a lot of money money on, which comes down to, I guess, the zoo box and, and uh, Montrez mm -hmm. Harrell kind of conversation. So that's one part of it. I think the other part of it is uh, just looking at an underperforming team for a guy that comes from the CEO mindset instead of like having the patience of saying, hey, this this as much as we're giving Paul George crap, like it is year one. Uh, the, the roster does have some clear needs, but it's not something where you just blow it up immediately. Um, and so anyway, so all that to say that like the Clippers, if you're, if you're a fan of the Clippers, like you've got to be a little bit nervous about maybe some of the way that this went down, but as a, a fan of the thunder who has a lot of their draft rights going forward, you have to feel pretty good about how this is all working out in LA. And as a billionaire, you probably just understand when you spend a gigantic amount of money on a team and, uh, they don't listen to you and, <clears throat> go out against a team that, you know, you were drafting in front of the year before you're hugely, hugely pissed off. But the little tidbits from that were great. My favorite was that um, he, he wanted to get rid of just all the players, doc, everything, <laughs> which is, which resulted in, you know, them calming him down and him still firing doc. 
And that is like, that is a CEO kind of move where it's just like, you just blow it all up. Just, just blow it all up. It's like, no, Hey man, just, this is not really how NBA works. And, and some of it comes from the fact that like, he is that kind of excitable. I'm assuming working underneath him, like, although there's a, probably a lot of benefits in the sense of like the energy and kind of the jovial nature that he brings to everything. I would assume at the same time that he, he functions in kind of an emotional era, uh, whenever he deals with frustrating things too, you know, like an emotional people respond and stuff like that. So that could have been in, you know, small office conversations. I think Luke, you're probably onto something where it's a conversation between Balmer and, and somebody really close to him that ends up making its way into fruition by doc rivers being fired. And so, man, it's, um, I don't know. It's the Clippers. I think I will say this is the Clippers have an owner that you probably want in the sense that he is worth more than everybody else. We were talking before the podcast, Steve Ballmer can literally, <laughs> Steve Ballmer can literally buy the entire NBA uh, if he went team by team. But at the same time, like he's, he's a new NBA owner. Like when a fan becomes the owner of a team and starts to have this much direct influence, like, I don't know. It's just something where you probably have this right now. You're a little more despair as a Clippers fan. Although at some point you were excited because you had an owner that would spend whatever it took to get a good team. But then he's like, also this kind of rash. See, that's what I would be really afraid of now as a Clippers fan is like, like, okay, this really enthusiastic dude who's willing to spend all this money. He's willing to really risk it all to win a championship. And he'd done that and he's done that and he's building a stadium. But now you see the other side of that impulse, right? Like what you were saying. And now I'm a little scared because now I'm thinking, is he even thinking long-term or is he thinking, how do I get a championship as quickly as possible? Because he could be setting my favorite team up for <laughs> disaster long-term. Because yeah. this could end terribly, terribly. And he could make really rash reactionary decisions um, that could really hurt my favorite team if I was a Clippers fan. Well, and I, I think... And just kind of as an addition to that, I think that one of the things that you could foresee this team being, although he has so much more money than Vivek uh, in Sacramento, like that's kind of on a smaller level, the mindset that a guy like in Sacramento has, where it's like just all that matters is that you matter. You know, we talked about that yesterday in the text thread, like splashy. He loves splashy. He loves press conferences. He loves. Splash. And so for me, as I think like, you could see him being the guy that long-term signs guys like Harrison Barnes to gigantic contracts because he thinks that that's the play that's going to be relative, uh, relevant, excuse me. And I think that the thing that I think the best owners in the NBA are the ones that stay out of it. I mean, it's pretty clear outside of Mark Cuban, um, any of those owners that you see that are too involved in stuff, uh, it most of the time doesn't end super well for those teams. And so you have to have somebody you trust. And, and the fact that Ballmer is already two years into owning this team, injecting himself into hiring and firing of, of now, I think that the merits of Doc Rivers, that's another conversation, right? Like, I think mm -hmm. that he gets a pass probably because he's such a genuinely good dude. Um, and he did have success in Boston and he's had success everywhere, just not high level success. But I do think that whenever you have your owner coming in within two years, firing this kind of longstanding coach, it's not a great um, I wouldn't be super excited about the way he's leading this team as a Clipper, although yeah. I know a lot of Clippers fans are ready for Doc to go. But the other thing is that, so apparently in that Ryan Russillo podcast, they said that he lost the trust of the front office. A lot of it was due to Michael, Michael Porter Jr. playing really well against them in that Nuggets series. And that 
he was drafted by the Nuggets in the 2018 draft, 14th. And that's when the Clippers had the 12th and the 13th pick. And apparently Ballmer really liked Michael Porter Jr. And his front office is saying, oh, he's undraftable. He's undraftable. He, he can't do it. And then he comes back two years later and is roasting them in the in in the playoffs and knocks them out with from a 3-1 lead. And so I'm sure he was furious at that. Yeah. But that's just but that's that's that just affirms kind of what I was already saying in the sense of like Ballmer's not an NBA guy. Like he's a fan that has money. Yeah. And so for me it's like if you remember looking at the draft, everybody watched Michael Porter slide because now I think I think he's right in the sense that the Clippers had two picks that they could have at least took a shot on one of them. Yeah, but the other thing is neither of those picks are on the team anymore. Yeah, <laughs> and the other the other thing is that if if you're at the front office and your bazillionaire owner is saying, "Hey, I really like this guy. Hey, this guy's sliding," it's like, "Hey, let's let's give him one. Like, let's just do it. Like, to make him happy and get him to where he's not, you know, wanting to fire everyone in the front office two years later." Yeah, you can't. I mean. This, that's Michael you, Porter had multiple back surgeries before the age of twenty. Yeah, and he, and my, I mean, Porter's like he's he's a nice player, but he's is he like the fifth or sixth best player on the Nuggets. Like he, it wasn't Porter that killed the Clippers. It, part of it was the Clippers that killed the Clippers, and then some of it was like it was Jamal Mostly Murray, John, Nicole, Jamal Murray, and Nicole Jokic. Jokic. Yeah, yeah. It, this wasn't a this wasn't the Michael like Michael Porter played a small part in in that, and you can't. If you're letting your owner choose who you draft, you're already in just just big big trouble. <laughs> you're you're in, you're in you're in the you're the kings. Like you become the kings. You become Nick Rocks. You become that. You know that's what happens. Everybody forgets that's a there's a Nick Stauskas moment. Yeah, with Vivek that you need to go and find on YouTube later today. He's, they call Nick after they choose him in the draft, and he puts it on speakerphone, and he says, "Everybody on three, everybody say Nick rocks." <laughs> and then, like, that's who you become if you say, "Yeah, Steve, tell us who you like." Right. Tell us who you want, because if you don't have your basketball guys making basketball decisions, then you're in trouble. And yeah, you can go back and say, like, "Yeah, that's who I wanted," but like everybody does that. Everybody goes back and says, "Oh, this is who I liked in the draft," and blah blah blah. And I mean, they they took SGA, like they did not. I mean, they, that's a really good. They actually traded for him on draft night. Like that's a great job. They should instead of like killing your people for missing on one guy, they traded to get the best guy in that area, you know? I mean, like they, that, that was a good, that was a good thing that they did. But isn't so that, for me, it's that, that it's draft. just more of that wild, like misunderstanding of the league. Like, <clears throat> Hey, you're going to draft a hundred guys over the course of, you know, 15 years. And out of those hundred guys, you're going to hit on 20 of them. Yeah. The odds maybe, of somebody, you know, 10 of them. maybe like the actual odds of somebody, of you hitting on a star at, at the end of the lottery is 7%. 7% of those players become stars. Seven. So as long as, like, like Jay said, as long as you have 100 drafts, you'll get seven of those guys. Well, and the thing is, well, it's like we still actually don't know what Michael Porter Jr. will be. We don't. He looks like he will be. I mean, he's obviously a rotation player, a good player. Will he be a yep. star? Like, I mean, I, I don't know the answer to that. But I also just wonder, is I, I the process 
is not good. And I agree that like long-term, I would be very nervous about Steve Ballmer being my owner just because he does seem to wield a lot of control as to what goes on with the Clippers. But short-term, I don't know that firing Doc Rivers was the wrong thing to do. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I don't, I don't either. I, I think that, like I said, Doc gets a pass because he's such a likable guy and he had success in his past. Yeah. But I don't, it doesn't, I don't know. Outside if, of, I mean, I, I haven't listened to the rights of Ricky Sanchez. Like, are they excited about Doc coming to Philadelphia or no? <laughs> I I think the Philadelphia people are I like, I guess it's too early. They're like, it's fine. This is, <laughs> this is fine. You know, and I, I'm, I wouldn't be super excited if I were them. It's just kind of like, eh. like, is it, is it an upgrade from Brett Brown? Like probably, but yeah. is it the, the step in the direction that you want to go with this team? I mean, Doc Rivers is notorious for like never practicing and yeah. just letting the talent carry the day kind of yeah. stuff. Like that's what he's done. And it and Bede's gonna like that. And Bede will like that. Well, I And that's I, not good for the Sixers. No. I know. That's what, and that and maybe and he's more old school. And the way that this team is currently constructed is definitely more of an old school NBA team. So maybe that is a good thing for them. Because you try to fit them into the modern NBA like they don't have the pieces. The pieces aren't there for that. So maybe you do need an old school coach to come in and implement old school strategy to get you to get this team where they're going. Because they're going to have to have some major roster upheaval if they're going to become a modern NBA team. And I don't even know if that's possible. Yeah, and I I think that the other thing is like this feels Elton Brand is the GM. Mm-hmm. This feels like a old school Elton Brand kind of hire. Like I trust Doc Rivers, and it's there's nothing wrong with it. Like give it a shot. You don't know what it's going to turn out to be, but it's like I don't know, man. I you've got a lot of work to do and not a lot of flexibility to do it in order to improve this team. Mm. And and what they would say, somebody may say that they have the guys. Like if Ben Simmons wasn't hurt, the whole whole playoffs may have looked differently. And you look at Embiid and these guys as they play, like. If they could have got past Boston, if Ben was healthy, if Simmons was healthy, like who knows? Like they could be playing in the finals and the whole conversation looks different, you know? Now, I don't think they were that elite. Uh, I think they had some pretty glad problems, but yeah, I know. (laughs) To Boston, to be fair, like it wasn't like they lost to the Pacers, but anyway. You saw Boston get manhandled by the Heat. You know, it's hey, man, like take that, it easy. It's like, I don't know why I became such a Boston fan in this playoffs. Like I just like Boston, the way they play. Boston destroyed them. The Sixers destroyed them. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't. Yeah. There's nothing it close was, about it. It, it wasn't. No ben, no ben Simmons. No Ben Simmons matters. It does. It does matter. But to get no, not even to get one game when yeah. Daniel Tice is guarding Joel Embiid. Right. Right. Yeah, that's pretty rough. Speaking of rough, I think it's time for a new segment called Taylor's Factoid Victory Dickery. I need to I need to think about my drops. No, I need to think one. about a microphone. Yeah, you need to I'm using one. To, I know, but you're you're clipping like hard. Oh god, I was really close to the mic, so yeah. I apologize. We noticed Taylor. I was about to swallow it. That was just part of the drop. All right, guys. Let's stay uh, to the clippers. This is a nice clippers pod today. And so what we're uh, I would like to talk about how uh, Paul George got completely crapped on by his players after the season and all these anonymous player quotes come out against Paul George. And uh, that's just betrayal, guys. And so I wanted to ask you all, 
When was the talk about one time you've betrayed a friend? Third in the MPP voting. <laughs> Paul George is third in the MPP voting. You know who hasn't been third in the MPP voting? Montrez Harrell, Lou Williams, Pat Bev. Definitely the people anonymously quoted. Or Kawhi. Oh, you think? Oh, man, that would be bad. That would be unbelievable. No way. Andrew, have you ever betrayed a friend? Uh, yeah, I betrayed Luke even before we before we were friends. Actually, oh my gosh, this is going to make me so mad. So, f- fifth grade, we were at a YMCA dance. Yes, and, and this was this was big time back in the day. We were this was like put on cologne, get all dressed up, go to the dance. Your freshest Abercrombie and Fitch. Yes. <laughs> And so there was uh, a girl there, uh, a pretty girl there, and she came and asked me to dance with her. And I was like, yeah, great. Didn't know who she was. Didn't know anything about her. We went to different elementary schools. So we're dancing. And she was Luke's girlfriend at the time. I didn't know this. I didn't even know Luke. Didn't know he existed. But uh, L-Man. I was I was. At the dance. Elman was there <laughs> at the dance. Elman, like, tell, tell, take, take it over from here. It's just a really, it's just a really formative experience. And so I, I was, <laughs> I was like, come back from the bathroom or wherever I'm at. Um, and I was a pretty cool fifth grader. So I was uh, definitely doing drugs, but uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, um, I was in the, uh, probably the bathroom. 11 year old Luke doing lines in the bathroom. Doing the line real quick. And I come back and I'm like, and my friends are like, dude, do you see this? And I was like, what are you talking about? And they're like, look over there. And it's like the crowd parts. And I see my girlfriend (laughs) dancing with this guy. And I'm just like, and I think, I think like it was fifth grade. And so like, uh, not in the fifth grade, not a big, you know, cusser. And I remember specifically being like, who the hell is that? <laughs> and all my Whoa. friends and all my friends are like, Oh, slam through that slam through. And, um, and, and, and I was just so, so mad. And so then, you know, in sixth grade, I, I walk in to like my first class and I was like, it's that guy. It's that guy that danced with my girlfriend. I hate that guy. <laughs> and uh, then like within like three days, we're like best friends. Yeah, and we've wow. been friends for like 25 years. <laughs> and so it uh, it all worked out. But that's how me and Andrew met was being was him dancing with a girlfriend and me just hating his guts. It started wow. these, these live comments are maybe my favorite part about doing the pod this way. And so <laughs> Goth THVG said this is actually just more of a flex <laughs> from Andrew. 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 Aren't all I mean lots of so here, let me ask this question. So we used to have fifth grade dances too, but they weren't at the YMCA, but they were at the YWCA. That's where ours was. Yeah. At the Ion branch. Over that's, there where I, that's where ours was. It was at the Ion that branch. Was, that, was when, that was when fifth grade Jay would rock the silk shirts. Silk? <laughs> silk shirts, guys. Dude, the what collar's up? like flapping. There's no form yeah, to dude. it at and all. I was so, number one, like the roundest fifth grader in the universe. <laughs> 
and sweaty and it was bad, man. It's like the only time of the year I didn't wear sweatpants was whenever I was uh, wearing silk shirts at the dances at the YWCA. You went to silk shirts with no pants on? Yeah, no pants, just undies, man. That was weird, man. <laughs> Taylor, whatever, Taylor or Luke, what about you? What's the, when have you betrayed a friend? Luke, you got one? Man, you go first. You go first and then I'll go. Okay, so mine is also when I was a child because uh, I don't betray people at all anymore. <laughs> but um, I was at daycare and we we would all bring our Star Wars toys. And one of my buddies had a Y-Wing toy. Do you remember that Y-Wing shit? Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about with the Y-Wing. Yeah. And, it, and I thought it was so cool. Dropping and he was showing off and I was getting so jealous because like there was, you know, all the other guys were like, wow, cool shit, blah, 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 blah. And he set it down and I took it and put it in my bag and stole it. And he was looking for it and I pretended like I had no idea where it was. And I brought it home as if my parents would know that that wasn't my toy. I hid it in the top of my closet and I didn't even play with it. I just took it away from him because I was jealous and I wanted that toy. And that is also the first time I stole and not the last time I stole him. You always remember your first steal. Oh yeah. Because you all, you remember every step that you start to lose innocence, right? Like I, every, I, I remember, where are we going, guys? I remember go steal. <laughs> oh yeah, you know what? every time you're like you're losing your innocence. Um, First time I realized I was gonna. No, let's just look. Uh, <laughs> me you got my, any betrayals? I, yes, I have my betrayals. Have you guys ever heard of a game called Diplomacy? No, no, no. Diplomacy is this game. It's like this old game that um, like JFK liked to play with his presidential like staff. And basically what it is, it's a map of Europe and you're a different you're country. And no, it's like it's like risk, but there's no dice. I could explain it. But basically, Handy all it, all it is, is betraying people allying with people and betraying other people mm-hmm. and you just you have to like turn your backs on people and basically what i found is it's just a friend destroying game because you have to turn your back on friends and i i i've played um with and basically what i do ever at the start of everyone is i get someone i play a lot with uh mitch narney or i have played before with mitch narney oh, man. and i the first thing Dangerous. i do is get someone to turn on mitch narney and it is so great you know what that's good that is actually really good strategy though because mitch would be way too good at that game you got to get him out early good. i know yeah, you got to get him out but it's a very fun game but it uh if it's just very 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 it's a very difficult game to get everyone on the same page on, but it's a, it's a friend destroyer and you have to turn and you have to, uh, hurt friends feelings, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Jay, I don't, I don't know. I have you no short term memory guys. I'm so sorry. Or long-term memory. I don't have memories pretty much. <laughs> Bro, what are you talking about, man? I'm just, I, I really couldn't tell you. And part of it is because here's the hard part is that I've got a lot of friends that listen to this. Creatures so. don't betray. <laughs> No, man, we do. It's just one of those things that I can't remember. Oh, we can't be public anymore. We do. We absolutely do. Uh, No, I I just don't have a memory of that. So I'm old and don't remember many things. Black out all the bad parts of yourself. Yeah. yeah, That might be healthy. So true. (laughs) How deep do we want to get here? I think for the most part, like when I was young, like I was so desperate to have friends and 
like up until I got into like middle school. And so I would just like, literally, I was the one that was get run over, you know, I was that kid until really, I, yeah. Until I was a high school kid. And then I finally figured out my life. Yeah. That was me. And I had the worst, literally the worst best friend in the history of the universe until I was about 12 years old. Oh my God. That, te- that explains a lot about your, it does, your, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, I feel like I really got you know very me. close you know to me more. Now. Yeah, I feel like that was a big step for us. This was actually the opposite of a betrayal of friendship. This was not, this was advancing relationship with yeah, your boys. That's what we were trying to work towards. Hey guys, let's do some Twitter questions. Third in the MPP voting. <laughs> First Twitter question, Taylor, this is for you. This is from at Ross B says, can you explain why Mark Jackson is not a good candidate so that I can stop hearing and seeing his name thrown out? And can you pass this along to Jim Traber? Because he's a freaking dummy who thought the Warriors' best chance at winning was posting up Harrison Barnes and Clay Thompson at different times. He's super. You talk about old school coaches. Mark Jackson is like old school coach, even with that Warriors team with Steph and Clay and David Lee. And I get it, but. Here's my question, I mean, though. It's like, do people really think Mark Jackson would be good in Oklahoma City, or are they talking about other places? Oh, who knows, man? I mean, he's like, so, he's somebody that gets brought up, and also like within NBA circles, this is not a good dude. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like, that's I mean, that's really the reason why like old school coaches get chances over and over again. Like that 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 happens. But I had like, a friend that lived in San Francisco during his run in Golden State, and there were on sports talk radio there, there were a lot of conversations about how exactly what you just said. So pass. I don't want Mark Jackson at all. Anywhere. If you're interested, try to do a deep dive into some behind the scenes stories of Mark Jackson with golden state. Yeah. Go check that out. Cause he, yeah, he will never get an NBA head coaching job ever, 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 ever again. It will never happen. Yeah. It won't happen. There's too much next. Next Twitter question. This is for our boy draft specialist, Andrew Schleck. You can't leave at this moment. Andrew, you can't leave us. Oh, okay, he turned, turned the light off. off. Andrew, this question's for you from at thunder underscore dad. Have you seen RJ Hampton's workout videos? What are you thinking about him? I have seen them. Uh, he looks really good in a gym with nobody around him. Uh, Classic. And so I don't know. I mean, like, there's been guys that can that can't play in the league that have looked great in workouts like that. And so, does his release look better than it did <clears throat> this past season? Yeah, it looks a lot better. Does he? I don't know. Does that release change when he's in front of people and he sh- just continues to shoot like he has his whole career? And that happens too. So I don't know. I he's super athletic. He's got a high ceiling. He's got a low floor. I mean, I, I, I feel a little bit better about him as a prospect after watching that, that video. But I mean, it's again, it's a very short video, and there's not a whole lot to it. McKelly like has liked R.J. Hampton a lot more than I have this whole way, so maybe that's what you should, the advice you should follow, anyways. But. Um, I think it's interesting. Uh, Hoopsock69 wants to know, what do we think about Mike Miller as a coach or uh, being on a staff? We like it, right? Big on development. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, think that uh, if you had Dirk Nowitzki as your head coach and Mike Miller as your assistant coach, like that's a pretty fun team. Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know if they can win any games, but they would sure be enjoyable to be around. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, Mike Miller has, I mean, we have a Mike Miller guy on our team. Yeah. Basically spent a whole summer with him, didn't he? Yeah. And so, and maybe there, I mean, there's going to be a connection there. Is Mike Miller not coaching somewhere already? No, there was another guy named Mike Miller that was on, that was on the Knicks staff. That like Uh, coached the Knicks and it wasn't this Mike Miller. It's a different Mike Miller. Uh, so yeah, I would bring Mike Miller on in a second. That'd be a blast, man. He's he's such a great shooting coach from what I can see the work he did with Baisley. And just as I mean, it's an assumption that just because you can do something, you can teach somebody else. But he has a great he was. Yeah. OK, so Hoopstock just said he was with Memphis, which I'm assuming was maybe underneath Penny. But is there yeah. is there anything to the Dirk to the Dirk thing? Or is it just because he was at that OU game? Just because he's at the OU game. There's no so he's at the it. he's at the OU game and people are like, well, your next your next head coach. Yeah, it's like you see an NBA guy near Oklahoma City. He's obviously here for the Thunder. Well, I mean that. I mean, there's no other reason to come here. You know, <laughs> it does make sense. Somebody said, I don't know how true this is. They said that he was a K State fan. Like the one of the first things he did when he came over from Germany was go to a K State game, and he's been a fan what? ever since. I don't know if mm. it's true. Don't have any clue. Someone, somebody sent that to me. So next Twitter question is from at Bruce Aha or Awa Bruce Awa. Sure, Bruce Awa. There we go. Uh, the Thunder have to find a transcendent player to win a, win a ring. Should they look at trading Shea to get more chances at finding that guy? Well, no, you have to. It just depends on the, what the. I mean, if you had a chance to trade for a Luka Doncic type of player, and you knew that's the quality of player it was, and it was going to take four first-round picks and Shea Gilders-Alexander, then like the answer is yes. But you don't just trade Shea for like a, a future pick because like you've already you've landed a guy that you hope to get in the draft already. And so you have him on your team already. But if there becomes a transcendent player that wants out that's on a long-term deal that's on like a rookie scale contract they're like okay we could get him then yeah you do it but that's not going to happen so (laughs) if you can use him to trade up to get like the number one pick and you can draft Imani Bates in 2022 then you probably do it um but it has to be that kind of situation yeah it's like this is this guy is a transcendent talent that's for sure and this other team is like, yeah, we'd rather have, and the, which won't, this won't happen. But if that other team is like, we'd rather have Shea and a future, two future firsts than, than this guy, then you, you know, you do it. If, and that's what, that's what the Mavericks did. <laughs> you know, if that situation is available to you, then yeah, you do it. You absolutely do it. But um, it's the uh, next time Doncic comes to the draft. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you have to have a shot at getting Luca, a Luca type player, which is so which if Dallas isn't bad, they can't do that. Yeah, if they're not within, like they had, they were high enough that they could swap with Atlanta and incentivize Atlanta, and Atlanta didn't fall out of the top five. Yep, like they still got a tray at number what three or four? I don't know. I can't remember that draft one. Was that twenty five years ago? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why I don't have a memory. 
Hey, also update on Mike Miller. Mike Miller is actually the head's men, head boys basketball coach at Houston High School in Germantown, Tennessee, which is actually the alma mater of my niece and nephew. Is that right? Houston yeah. High School in Germantown, Tennessee. Yeah, it's the name of the high school. I know. So, I like, went around the world, like just saying <laughs> like, Houston where is so that, Apparently, that's where Mike Miller's from. It's the Memphis area. And so, anyway. All right, Ooh, next one. It's called Memphis. Next one is from at Miguel Devella, 25. What are your comments or thoughts on Mello not getting invited by the Thunder to the Paul George signing party back in 2018? If you didn't listen to JJ Reddick's podcast, he had um, Carmelo Anthony on, and it was really insightful. Like I, I historical Carmelo Anthony lover, right here. This guy, huge fan it's of true. Carmelo Anthony, and. And he just kind of reflects on his time in Oklahoma City. And so what were some of your thoughts on that? Like, what are things, anything surprise you from that? If you haven't listened to that, go listen to that. And this will make more sense. But one of the things is Mello talked about is, is he really thought it could work out. He thought they were going to run it back another year. Uh, but the Thunder communicated to Mello that, hey, this isn't going to work because we're going to go to Jeremy Grant as the starting power forward, which is what they should have done. Yeah. Um, and so it, the writing was on the wall pretty early thereafter. And the hard part for me is like, if we remember that postseason co- uh, news conference or press conference, like Melo wasn't as, it did not feel like this was his actual attitude at the end of the season. I totally agree with that. I mean, even in, in the playoff series, that was not his attitude. He was pissed. He was mad. I sat in the room and him, at the player with a press conference at the end of the season, sitting next to Fred, and afterwards we both just looked at each other and giggled, and we're like, "That's the last time we'll see him in a Thunder press conference." Period. Yeah. The way that he talked, <clears throat> he was never willing to come off the bench. He, I mean, he made a joke out of it when somebody when when Eric Horn asked him, he he's like wondering where the narrative came from. It came from you, Mello. All this does is confirm that the Thunder are a great organization, period. That's all it does to me. Because he's, I mean, he's definitely rewriting history with these stories that he's telling. And maybe that was his perspective, but it wasn't reality. That's not, that's not what happened. I mean, that's just not what happened. And if they didn't invite him, like, good. Don't make him think that he's going to be a part of the organization moving forward. Because he clearly didn't want to. And the Thunder knew they needed to move on from him. And so if you invite him to that party and have him party with all your guys, it would be actually kind of weird if that's where you know you're headed. Yeah. Uh, for your next Mike Miller update, according to Hoops Talk 69, Mike Miller is actually from South Dakota. That is true. That is true. <clears throat> one of the one of the three people that ever are from South Dakota. And one of the only two states with the word South in it. Oh, and one of the only two states with Dakota in it as well. And, oh. and also one of the 50 states. Ah. Actually have, so one of my friend's dads was from the town that Mike Miller is from in South Dakota. He's actually the second of the three. Second of the three. All right. Next question is wow. from at Maherism. Did we sell too low on Jeremy Grant, considering how low the pick we got from the Nuggets is and his contributions in the Western Conference Finals, plus his age? I know it's a contract year, but still. No, you got a first rounder for him, right? Yeah, the 25th pick in the 2020 NBA draft. Yeah, that's good. 
I mean, it's not only that, like you saved the organization saved a ton of money in trading Jeremy Grant. They weren't going to pay him. I mean, I don't know what you, what would you expect in return yeah. for him would be my question. Yeah. Like you were able to trade him into cap space for the nuggets. Great. So I just don't know, like, what, what do you want? Like, what, what do you want for Jeremy? Um, preferably a lottery pick. Michael Porter Jr. Yep. I mean, like, what kind of players, I mean, what James kind of players does, does it take to trade into the lottery? Uh, I mean, oh. we're hoping Chris Paul. <laughs> yeah, an all-star. Like, Jeremy Grant is a good player. He's not an all-star. Will probably never be an all-star. Never will be, yeah. Right? Chris Paul, all-star. All-NBA. <laughs> Jeremy Grant probably will never make all NBA. Valid. So I just all right. Know. Now we have some uh, some Halloween October themed questions and some other fun questions. We're going to run through these. <laughs> some spooky questions. So the first one is from at Allen underscore Miller 12. Luke, jump in on this. Happy spooky season. What are we dressing up as for Halloween this year? If in the month of October, I am spooky Lukey. And uh, Halloween is my favorite holiday. That's and, such a weird take, man. And I am for Halloween. I've already bought my costume. I'm going to be a beat poet. I'm, I have a beret. I have the little round sun, like John Lennon sunglasses, black turtleneck. It's going to be really, really, really good. I'm excited. And I'll probably shave my beard into a goatee. Where are you going to wear this at? Probably just around my house. <laughs> but um, I don't know. If you got up in time, you could always dress up and wear it for one of the podcasts that we stream here too, man. Yeah, I'll wear it for a podcast. There you go. We got a podcast on 30th. We'll, we'll all dress up since we're on the street. No, I'm not going to do that. Next question. is: Jay, what are you going to be? No, I don't do Halloween. Everyone, what are you dressing up as Halloween? If I was going to dress up as anything this year, I was going to dress up as John Goodman from The Big Lebowski, but uh, I'm do not going to do that. You're not going to do some... Um, Intercourtial costume with your wife? No, I hate those. Here's she's, plug, a, she's, a, she's a plug where you're a plug and she's the sock. Yeah. Right. Here's the thing for me is I'm big and I have a beard. And so it kind of limits the amount of characters I could be. Like Dude. I tried to be Ron Swanson one time and I just look like my dad from 1994. Like it's just a bad deal. <laughs> Man, you're you're just yeah, whatever. Whatever. You, it's just you, hard, man. It complicates things because I don't want to shave my beard. I don't like. You don't have to I, just use the beard. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. So I've been a lumberjack. Lumberjack was the best one I've ever been. Well, that's good. That's great. Good, great. You good know, job. Thanks, I guys. wish. Uh, <laughs> I wish that you know how like you can if you look at someone upside down and they cover this and then you can like act like their chin is their nose and they talk and it's really funny. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah, but I don't think it's funny. You I'll, tell you, I'll tell you. I though, wish I could do that as a costume. I, I wish I could pirate. turn my hoops down. Sixty nine said I could be a pirate. I, I'd take a pirate. Here's what I would say: is the best costume for this year is going to be one of those plague doctor outfits with the long like bird nose. If you can get one of those, that's the one you want to go for. Yeah, Andrew, you going to dress up? Y'all's crew dressing up? Uh, yeah, we'll dress up. I don't. I don't know. We're we're just, we're still trying to decide. I uh, so. I told the kids in our neighborhood, here's the deal. We're probably not going to trick or treat, but I'm just going to buy like three bags of candy and each one of you can just take a big bag. Right. Yeah. Speaking great. of somebody did uh, at E Wigan asked, are we going to get an official Halloween candy ranking, which I assume will have candy corn at the bottom. Oh, that's We've done this before. Take. I'm pretty sure. 
I like candy corn. corn. I like candy corn too. I think so it's actually nuts. I think it's actually from this podcast that I started putting candy corn in with peanuts. Oh yep. my gosh! And raisins. Have you had they that sell one? them together with with peanuts, and it is so good. It is good. I'm a Snickers fan. Snickers is probably my preferred. Although anything Reese's is good too. Yeah. Hey, you Reese's. know what? You know it's one of these questions from that I want to talk to you about. Frat OKC Miffed. They want us to update our fast food nugget rankings because of the spicy McNuggets. Hey man. So Luke and I have had Jay. Have you uh, grabbed have yourself not. some nope. spicy nuggets yet? Andrew, did you go try the spicy McNuggets? I haven't yet. They're good. They're very good. I actually got another six yesterday, Luke. Really? Not. Oh, so tell, me about the, tell me about the dipping sauce. It's good. Uh, Luke, did you try the mighty saucy? The, what do they call it? Mighty spicy sauce. No, I didn't. Um, because I do, it doesn't make it doesn't make sense for me to dip a spicy nugget into a spicy sauce. Yes, it does. It's it's not the same spice. It's a different. It's a flavorful yeah. thing because the nuggets are like they're just spicy nuggets. There's not much flavor going on. It's just normal nugget that's spicy. But the sauce is good, man. The sauce is like. I don't. I don't even know what's in it. It's not a normal hot sauce. But can yesterday I, I got it. Can I be honest though about the spicy McNuggets and the Wendy's spicy nuggets? Mm-hmm. I eat them in my car. I, I don't. I don't have time to get home and get a dipping sauce involved. You can still dip Luke, in the you car, need man. one of those. Have you ever seen those? Uh, they have those. It like clips on your vent in your car, but it actually is created to hold nugget uh, sauce containers. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I would not do. I do not trust myself. Why is that the line that that you draw? I don't trust myself with. Oh, gross. That's too far. My car is littered with fast food trash, but I can never have something that helps. (laughs) I do not trust myself with sauce. Open an open container of sauce in my car. I've been trusting myself for years with that. The sauce? Yeah. Oh, liquid. I mean, Andrew's got just Although he splashed this, all this time. That's true. That's, like, true. This, That's dude, true. this dude eats true. cereal in his car. So. And I, I, I would, I don't like if you smear salt on your like on your oh. seat. I mean, it's oh. never coming out. How old are you, dude? He's like, get sauce on his feet. What are you doing? You can spill. You can spill salt, dude. Will you stop saying sauce? That's right. Why are you saying an care. L in sauce? Yeah, That's sauce. how you pronounce it. Yeah. Slouse. All right. Um, <laughs> this is how, this is why it was so easy to steal, steal your girlfriend in the fifth grade. <laughs> You're like, that guy has sauce on his face. Um, this guy don't, was covered in, careful in that guy. sauce. I can't even carry sauce in my car. Yeah. He was covered in sauce and he was calling it sauce. <laughs> he went to the bathroom to just down some sauces. You have to, I mean, I, I, you know, it's just, I had to wipe some sauce off his uh, silk shirt. <laughs> You just gotta be careful with those saddles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They literally are created for that. So yeah. I mean, how much? Uh, so 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 when you don't use it, you just have this thing, this sauce holder, on on clipped on your car. It's just like oh, no, that's, you pull it off like, and put it up. That's for my that's for my sauce. <laughs> I'm such a big car eater. I must have my daddy must have his sauce, and that's where he puts it. You actually are that person, Luke. Like you're it's talking about this hi- hypothetical person that is actually you. Yeah. No, because you, I do not. Oh, daddy well, does, eat, daddy does not. Oh, yeah. Are you eating in your car that often? Yes, you are. Apparently, 
No, it's just when you get those spicy nuggets, you want to eat them. I, I ate them with sauce in the car both times. Yeah. Yeah. Without even a sauce dipper. Dude, you Are can you just... the driver? You're the driver. And you're the driver. Oh, yeah. It's in my lap, brother. Yeah, you just don't use your hands to drive. You just <laughs> The nugget carton. It's, it's, the nugget uh, carton, you have the, the lid. You set the sauce in the lid. It's like a, a holder. It's a safety device. I, I, I mean, I, I just don't trust myself. We don't either. It's yeah, fine. That's actually that's the most <laughs> logical thing you've said this whole time. <laughs> that's that's the issue because guess what? I don't want to walk in walk into court after lunch and be like, "Oh, Mr. Stevens had some sauce." It's all over his tie and white shirt. I love Luke like being in court and they break for lunch and he goes to McDonald's and eats spicy nugs in his car. I'm telling you. Like, like on Monday, like on Monday, I have a trial. And so I don't have very much time. I'm stressed. I don't have much time for lunch. I will go to McDonald's and eat it in my car. Yeah. I'm not going to judge that, dude. Because I just slam it and then I go back and then I'm back in court. Yeah. It's going to be beautiful. Woj just broke that uh, David Vanterpool, my preferred candidate for the Thunder job, is interviewing for the Houston Rockets job. How they're going to land with an assistant coach from somewhere because Tillman is so cheap and it's going to make them pick so spicy for us in the future. I can't wait. I think, I think Vanderpool will be great, but it's like, man, throwing an assistant in there with Harden and Russ. Yeah. Andrew, are you frozen or are you just like a mannequin? I think he's frozen. Okay. Um. <laughs> hey, Luke, man. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello, I'm just still laughing about the sounds. Well, this feels like a great time to say thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I want to remind you again that if you go to theathletic.com backslash down the dunk, that you can get the athletic for $1 a month for the first 12 months. And you need to do that today. It's an easy way to support this podcast, but also to get great content and support all the people that support us because you all are incredible. We hope y'all are doing fantastic staying safe and uh we will see you on monday with me hey, i have one more question <laughs> andrew what happened to you he got stuck in a time warp i got frozen We thought you were just shocked from the Houston Rockets coaching news.